Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Eric. I've been in this secret room for hours. At first, I wasn't worried. I thought I would find a way out. But then I started panicking. I could only imagine my parents' distress when they realized I disappeared. They might have even gone to the police when they couldn't find me. It must have been long past midnight. I was so close to them, but how could they know I was in a secret room under my bed? So how did I end up in this room? First, I need to tell you something. I didn't walk into this room. I fell into it. The hatch on the ceiling somehow broke open, and I fell into this secret room. But the problem was, the hatch was closed and wouldn't open. That's why I couldn't go back to my room. It all began when my mom asked me to tidy up my room. I went to the kitchen for dinner. Dinner will be ready in 15, mom said. You should get your room in order while you're waiting. It looks like a war zone in there. I don't feel great these days. Please help me out a little. Mom, that's my room. Why do you care if it's messy or not? I groaned. My dad was reading the news on his phone. He said, son, you heard your mother. She said she didn't feel well. Let's help her out so she can rest up and get better soon. My room was such a mess. I began picking up all the clothes that I'd thrown around. Thankfully, I put everything back and it looked fine. The only thing I couldn't find was one of my pizza printed socks. I could rejoin everyone in the kitchen after finding it. I had to check under the bed to see if it was there. I bent down to look. There it was. My sock was there and somehow it had moved all the way to the wall. I reached for it, but it was impossible. I pushed myself a little further under the bed while checking the floor with my hand to grab the sock at the same time. Suddenly, a hatch opened, and I fell into a hole. The crude landing left me hurting all over, but I didn't find any broken bones on further inspection. I looked around. It was just an empty room. There was only a single ladder leading up to the hatch on the ceiling. The hatch closed with a mechanical hum when I fell down the hole. 
I searched for the controls to open the hatch for hours, but had no luck. My parents ran a gift shop together. They were supposed to go on a work trip the following day, but I was sure they'd drop everything to come looking for me. As I stood staring at the hatch on the ceiling, I had a thought. Since the hatch was open briefly, the control mechanism had to be close. I climbed up the ladder to take a closer look at the ceiling. Slowly, I moved my hand across the ceiling on the same path I had looked for the sock. When my hand brushed the pressure plate, the hatch suddenly opened. I hollered in excitement and climbed up through the small opening. I could hardly breathe before, but was so relieved to be free. Where were my parents? I ran out of my room. I followed the sound of voices coming from the kitchen. When I walked in, everything seemed normal. My mom was cooking, my dad was reading messages on his phone. Once in a while, he would tell my mom something about what he had just read. My mom smiled when she saw me. <laughs> that was fast, honey. Are you sure you managed to clean up that mess in such a short time? Dinner's ready in 10 minutes. You can start setting the table if you want to help. I looked at my mom in disbelief. I had been in that secret room for hours, but my mom said it had only been 10 minutes. It was still early evening, and they were still doing the same things as when I had left the kitchen. How was that even possible? Had I lost my sense of time in the secret room? Of course I hadn't. There's no way I could have found the pressure plate to open the hatch in 10 minutes. I didn't know the exact time, but I was sure I had been stuck there for at least five hours. Unless I'd gone crazy, there was only one explanation. Time had stopped outside of the secret room. That meant that my entrance and exit had happened without any time passing. If I had fallen into the secret room at 7.15 p.m., then the time never changed. So it was still 7.15 p.m. I knew what I was thinking didn't make sense, but there was no other explanation for what was happening to me. Still, I decided to test my wild theory before sharing it with my family. As soon as dinner finished, I returned to my room. I locked the door. I pulled my bed to the side. I didn't know exactly where the control was, so I moved my hand around the floor as if I were looking for my sock again. My heart skipped a beat when I saw the hatch open. This time, I took my phone in with me. I noted the time as I descended into the hole. It was precisely 9.10 p.m. I climbed down the ladder. The hatch closed on its own. Here I was again in the secret room. I looked at my phone to see if the time had stopped, but the screen was pitch black. I tried to turn it back on, but I couldn't. Maybe electronic devices didn't work in the secret room. I looked around even more closely this time, but nothing was out of the ordinary. Why would time stop outside? Perhaps the room was the work of some genius physicist, built using their superhuman intelligence and classified scientific knowledge. So why not announce this incredible invention to the rest of the world? I was sure they had their reasons, but I doubt I'd ever find out about them. After I felt like I had stayed long enough, I left the room to check the time. I climbed the ladder. By now, I could quickly locate the pressure plate. I moved my hand across the ceiling and activated it. The hatch opened with a mechanical whirring sound. I climbed out of the hole and back into my room. I checked my phone. It was precisely 9.10 p.m., the same as when I entered the room. Time stops. Time really stops, I murmured to myself in amazement. There's a room under my bed where the time stops. My parents were gone when I woke up the following day. They had gone on that work trip I told you about before. They'd be away for a whole week. Without waiting, I opened the hatch and climbed down the ladder. I had only one question in my head. 
I now had a room where time stopped, but what would I do with it? I started thinking. I could study for my exams in this room. If I knew I would have a difficult test, I wouldn't have to lose any sleep because I had a room where time stopped. I didn't even need to set aside time for sleep. I could sleep as long as I wanted in the secret room. I could have actual 24-hour days. Since time stops inside the secret room, you wouldn't age well inside either. If I spent most of my life in that room, I could live up to 200 years by usual standards. These were just a few things I could think of off the top of my head. I was sure I could find other uses for it. Every night, my dad would call to check on me. Is everything okay? He would ask. Everything's great, I'd reply. Our conversations lasted 30 seconds at most. It was strange if I'm being honest. Usually when they went on a trip, my parents would call me every night expecting a report on how my day had gone. On this particular trip, I didn't hear from my mom at all, not even once. When they finally got back, I found out why. My dad called the morning before they got home. Son, your mom has some health issues. You might not like what you see. I was so shocked when my mom walked through the door. Her hair had fallen out completely. She had huge black circles under her eyes, and she looked exhausted. I hugged her tight. We cried in each other's arms. Later, my dad told me about my mom's condition. She had a brain tumor. It was growing rapidly. They had hid it from me because they knew it would break my heart. This hadn't been a work trip at all. My mom had spent the entire time undergoing intensive chemo treatment at the hospital. The treatment had worked, but the tumor was growing so fast that there wasn't enough time. That's why the doctor said my mom only had a 10% chance of recovery. I stopped my dad mid-sentence. We can stop the tumor from growing, I said. In a bewildered voice, dad said. What do you mean? By stopping time, I shouted in excitement. He looked at me in confusion. He probably thought I had lost my mind from grief. I took him to my room. I opened the hatch to the secret room and began telling him my story. He naturally had a hard time believing it. I showed him the time. Then we went down into the secret room together. I told my dad all about the room while we were down there. Then we went back up to my room. I immediately showed my dad the time. As before, our time in and out was the same. It's a miracle. We really could save your mom's life, he said with tears of joy. Then he went to see my mom and tell her all about it. That night, we brought a bed down into the secret room, along with my mom's favorite books and most prized possessions. My mom began her stay there full time. She only left the room for her chemo treatment at the hospital. One day, I went to the hospital with her. When the doctor said, I have good news. The tumor in her brain suddenly stopped growing. The treatment is working, and her cancer is in remission. It will likely disappear soon. My mom and I took a deep sigh of relief. Of course, we didn't tell the doctor. The secret room was our family's biggest secret. When the doctor left, my mom hugged me. She shed a few tears. Honey, you saved my life. I can't tell you how grateful I am, she said. As the doctor said, the tumor in my mom's brain shrank and finally disappeared. She's completely healthy now, and we're all so happy. We used to rent this house, but dad bought it. So finally, the secret room is ours forever. My parents hang out down there too, but I'm the one who stays there the longest. And every time I'm in there, I thank the secret room and the secret hero who built it for saving my mom's life. <laughs> 
My name's Sam. I met Elise in middle school. She was our neighbor, and I'd always had a crush on her. I just never got the courage up to say hi. That day, a group of boys were picking on me, and Elise swooped in to save the day. One moment, they had me by my collar, and the next, they were crying on the floor, snot dripping down their noses. Elise was my hero. She got told off by our principal, and they had her parents come in. I could tell they were very mad at her, but that was the beginning of our friendship. Elise and I spent every day together, and then, one day, I asked her to be my girlfriend. She said yes. It was the happiest day in my life. But I didn't realize someone else liked her. It was one of the boys who was tormenting me, and in his jealousy, he told everyone he saw us kissing. That made Elise's parents very mad. So mad that they had a fight with my parents. They ended up moving, and I never even got to say goodbye to my childhood sweetheart. One day, she was there. The next, her whole house was empty. Many years passed and I forgot about her. I poured my soul into my work until I struck gold. Pretty much literally. I was working on my grandpa's farm when I noticed some gold nuggets in the river. I followed it all the way to a hidden cave and saw that the cave wall had collapsed and the ground had cracked, exposing the gold there. A spring of water was gushing out, creating a stream that carried the loose gold all the way down the river. I became a billionaire overnight. My family enjoyed life like we never did before. We bought all the surrounding land around the farm and built a mansion. I built a mining company, and I bought cars, a boat, and my own jet. Three years later, my best friend came home from a job abroad with someone in tow. It was Elise. She had grown even more beautiful than before. We were so happy to see each other, we hugged immediately. I was coming home to meet you, and guess who I bumped into on the plane? I never even suspected something was off. Elise and I began dating again. We did everything together. I promised her the world. And before long, we were engaged. Jay started working for my company. I was so thankful to him I made him my right-hand man. I couldn't thank him enough for reuniting me and Elise. Two months later, I proposed to Elise, and she said yes. I was going to marry her in Switzerland. I booked an entire ski resort for our guests, and I wasted no time. We flew on my private jet with my best man Jay and our closest friends. In the middle of the flight, Elise excused herself. She said she needed to do her makeup. Five minutes later, J2 stood up. I found that weird, but I ignored it. When 20 minutes had passed and Elise hadn't gone back yet, I asked our flight attendant to check on her. She smiled at me, and she blushed. I always found it so cute how she had a crush on me. Nicole went behind the curtain to check on Elise. She was about to knock on the bathroom door when she yelped in surprise. Elise wasn't in the bathroom at all. She was hiding right next to the fridges, talking with Jay. Oh, I'm sorry to disturb you. I I'll get out of your way. We heard a click, and two voices came on the speakers. You know I've never loved anyone but you. I'm just... You know... Securing our future. Once I marry Sam, we'll be set for life. I'll run away with his money and his jewels, and then we can disappear to any country you want. You promise?
I promise, baby. I'm only marrying him for a show. I'll trick him into signing divorce papers as soon as I've got everything I can get from him. I believe you. Oh, I can't wait. And when you're free of him, I can finally make my move to take over his company, too. I have people who are loyal to me now. All right, I'll come knock at your door tonight. When he's asleep, we can go on a date under the moonlight so no one will know. I'll be expecting you. Oh, and act like we had an argument when you go out. I'll follow after a minute so it's not too obvious. But nothing was secret about their conversation at all. The flight attendant overheard what they were talking about and she decided she wasn't just going to smile and pretend like nothing was happening. So, she politely excused herself and very cunningly left the intercom on. I heard everything she was saying. The whole plane did. The air suddenly felt tense. Where before my friends and I were laughing and having fun, the moment Jay appeared from behind those curtains, everyone was silent. My friends all glared at him. And when Elise appeared behind him, she knew immediately something was wrong. But she tried to play it cool. Oh! Jay, I didn't even see you there. Why are you standing in the middle of the aisle? And... Why is everyone staring? I pushed the button on my seat, and the flight attendant came to me. I smiled at her. You can come sit here, Nicole. The flight attendant looked surprised at first, but she eventually sat beside me. She was even more beautiful up close, and her blonde hair smelled like lavender. Could you confirm, please, Nicole, that these were the two having that conversation we just heard? Nicole nodded. Conversation? What conversation? What are you talking about? There's no need to pretend. We heard you. We all heard you. Elise's face changed from being innocent to angry. Okay, so what? Did you honestly think I'd ever fall for you? Look at you. Now look at me. You're nothing compared to me. All you're good for is money. I've been with your best friend ever since before we reunited. In fact, he was the one who told me you were rich now. It's not like you can do anything about it. You are going to fall, and you're going to fall hard. I'm just here to take what I can get before you're a homeless beggar in the streets. I just smiled. I gestured to Nicole to help me with something. Nicole, love... Would you be so kind as to fetch Elise her, uh, I mouthed the word, parachute. Nicole was confused, but she nodded anyway and disappeared behind the curtain. Get me a what? I don't need anything. Honestly, just get over it already. You're toast. Elise tried to sit next to me, but I pushed her away, to the other end of the seats. What? You can't seriously be mad at me. You should be thanking me. It's a privilege you get to marry me. I laughed. There won't be a wedding, Elise. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, please. You're joking, right? You're gonna dump me? Me? Oh, I'm not just dumping you. I'm throwing you out of the plane. Fuel is very expensive, you see. And I just can't stand to have you waste any more of my time and money. So, I'm afraid this is your stop. Nicole appeared with the parachute. Jay looked scared. 
I looked at him and told him to put the shoot on his girlfriend. He didn't want to, but I told him that if he wanted to keep his job and reputation, he should do everything I said. Just like that, Jay turned on Elise. He strapped the parachute on her as if his life depended on it. Elise resisted. But what could she do? No one in that plane wanted her there anymore. You're gonna regret this! Nobody's ever gonna want to date you! You think any girl would want you? Just you wait! You'll come crawling back to me! I don't think so. I took Nicole's hand and asked her if I could kiss her. Suddenly, her eyes lit up and she said yes. I kissed her right in front of Elise's shocked face. Wait! No, wait! I changed my mind! I, I, I do want to marry you! No, no, don't make me get off the plane! We can start over! No, please, don't leave me here! I don't have any money! I won't be able to get home! We're in the middle of nowhere, Sam! Sorry, you've got to go now. No, don't! And as Elise floated away, I called out to her. Who's falling now, Elise? Everyone laughed, and Nicole finally did as well. I knew the moment she started working on that jet that she had a thing for me. I just never really thought of it because I thought I was in love and happily engaged. But now? Now I get to date a much more beautiful girl than that gold digger. She was hardworking, ambitious, and smart, too. The wedding still went through. It was just postponed a few days. Not to Elise, obviously. I married Nicole. None of our guests complained. At least, they gotta stay three days longer in that ski resort. It took a while to get Nicole's parents and friends flown over since the decision was so spontaneous. But as soon as they did, I asked for their blessing, and Nicole and I got married in the Swiss Alps. After, we spent an entire month traveling Europe. We went to Rome, then Croatia, then Norway. And honestly, I couldn't have wished for a better wife. Nicole was everything I knew she was going to be. She was caring and sweet, and she always made me laugh. The best part of the trip was when we saw a newspaper with Elise's face plastered all over it. Her hair was all sorts of a mess and had leaves and twigs all over. The headlines said that she was a lost tourist who became a meme for telling the most ridiculous story when they found her. The funniest part was that she had stupidly opened her parachute way too early, and the wind carried her hundreds of miles from where we dropped her. She ended up stuck in a tree in a forest in Liechtenstein. The people there thought she was some sort of Russian spy and refused to help her. Nobody wanted to help her get home, and they didn't want to give her a job. Now she's living under a bridge like the troll that she is. Hi, my name's Josh. I grew up poor. My mom and dad did try their best, but having had no education themselves... They found it hard to find jobs that would pay enough money to raise four kids. Dad was a janitor at our local high school, and Mom did whatever work she could find. She washed people's laundry, did some babysitting, and from time to time, she would go to people's houses and clean for them. It wasn't easy having a life like that in high school, especially because most of the kids there had money. One time, a couple of girls got jealous that I won an essay writing competition over them, so they took it out on me. They just gave him the prize because he needs the money. I mean, look at his shoes. There are holes everywhere. You might as well go barefoot. Yeah, Josh lives in a trailer park. His mom does our laundry. My mom only hires her out of pity. 
Did you know we have to have our clothes washed twice? Because every time Josh's mom does it, it comes back smelling like poverty? I used to fight back whenever people insulted my mom and dad. But I landed in the principal's office so many times because of it that my mom begged me to just keep my head down. And I did. I just endured their ridicule no matter what. I would look at the ground and walk away. It was worse when they found out about my dad. I was backstage doing some lighting work for the theater group when I realized I'd forgotten my lunch at home. Dad appeared backstage with his mop and bucket and he handed me the brown paper bag that my sandwich was in. I thanked him and he left. But after that, my classmates laughed at me. Yo, check it out! Josh's dad is the school janitor! <laughs> wow, must be nice to have the world's worst janitor as your dad! <laughs> but you can't keep their house clean either! <sighs> What's it like to have a dad who earns minimum wage, Josh? Honestly, I was just glad to have graduated high school. I had no fond memories of those years. As soon as I graduated, I went straight to work. I promised myself I would save up and get out of that town as soon as I could. But my plans didn't work out the way I hoped. And being a waiter isn't the most glamorous job in the world. Customers are always complaining about the most ridiculous things. And they blame me as if it was my fault. One time, this lady shouted at me for her drink being room temperature. I apologized, but she poured the drink on my head and demanded to speak to the manager. Uh, Ma'am, you told me you didn't want ice in your iced coffee. Of course, coffee being a hot beverage, if it wasn't mixed with any ice, it would be hot. I even gave her the added courtesy of shaking it with ice and then picking out the ice myself just so the drink would cool down without getting watered down. And I let the drink chill in the blast freezer just to make sure it was cold. But she sat there outside on a hot summer's day, chatting away with her friends for a good hour before she even touched her drink. I was happy to exchange the drink for a new one, but then she started yelling at me. My manager, of course, sided with her. And he banished me to the kitchen for the day. He also took my tips for the entire day just for that. That scenario wasn't new for me either. My boss has always had it out for me ever since I started working there. And I'd quit if I had any other choice. But... Money was tight, and I needed the job. Our town was small, and having a job and keeping it was a privilege. All the waiters, waitresses, and cooks in that place weren't fans of Doug. That's the manager's name. We've complained constantly to the owner, but every single time we tell her that Doug was stealing our tips, or that he was pocketing money out of the cash register, we'd get ignored. It was probably because Doug was the owner's boyfriend on the side. Yep. The owner was married. And as far as we know, the only reason Doug can't be fired is because he can destroy the owner's marriage. He did whatever he liked at the restaurant. He'd come in late, treat the staff and the customers like we were trash. Some days, he didn't even bother coming in. Those were the best days. The restaurant would be full, we would all work smoothly, and we gotta keep all of our tips. But one day... Everything became too much, and I finally reached my limits with Doug. I was cleaning up a table when I felt someone bump into me, and then an unholy cascade of lava splashed onto me and flowed down my leg. I screamed in pain, and when I looked back, I saw the most angelic girl that I'd ever laid eyes on. I was so confused, 
My eyes were experiencing heaven, and my legs were experiencing a nightmare! Oh my god! Oh my god, I'm so sorry! I tried to smile at her, but all I managed was a wince of pain. Oh, <laughs> it, it's no trouble, miss. I, I'm so sorry you, your drink spilled. I, I, uh, oh, I'll get you a new one right away. A crowd began to gather around us and people fussed over me. I could barely stand straight for all the pain I was feeling. But I kept a smile on and told them I was okay. Dude. You gotta go to the hospital. Or at least let us get you some first aid. There's some ointment in the back. Ah, it's really nothing. I'm fine. It's just a bit hot. Nonsense. At least let me take a look at it. I'm studying to become a doctor. It was at that moment that Doug appeared from behind the crowd, already annoyed. What is this? Who's causing a scene at my restaurant? Oh, it's you. Get back to work, all of you! You! Customers, get back to your seats right now! That's not a nice way to talk to people. Oh yeah? And who might, uh, you be? Doug backtracked as soon as he saw how beautiful Kendall was. And suddenly, he was all smiles. I... <clears throat> I'm sorry, I must have gotten caught up in the moment there. Please, miss. What seems to be the problem? Maybe I can assist. You! Josh! What did you do this time? Kendall tried to explain that it was her fault. She told Doug that he was busy with her phone and didn't see me cleaning the tables, but Doug wouldn't hear of it. I think he wanted to impress Kendall and show her he was the boss. It is definitely not working for her. Doug demanded that I go back to work while Kendall insisted that she wanted to take me to a hospital. When Doug wouldn't budge, Kendall told him that I should at least get some first aid and a bit of rest. I was starting to feel dizzy, but Doug insisted I go to the kitchen and make him a sandwich. B boss I'm not feeling too good. Let him sit down for a bit. If you don't get up right this instant, you're fired! I don't know why I was so out of it. My legs hurt, but it wasn't that. And then I realized that I hadn't eaten for over a day, and I hadn't slept for two days either. I had been working double shifts because someone didn't show up for their shift yesterday, and Doug demanded that I fill in. I felt myself grow faint, and I woke up with beeping noises around me. I'm glad you're awake. Where... Where am I? You're at my mom's hospital. You fainted. A doctor came in who looked exactly like her, and I was shocked to find out that that was her mom. They looked like sisters. The doctor checked up on me and told me I was going to be okay, and that my stay at the hospital was free. Kendall told me that I'd been asleep for an entire day, and my stomach sank. Oh, no. My job. Kendall looked downcast. She told me that Doug fired me for missing work. And I lost hope. I had no way to help my parents. And we were already struggling to pay for my brother's tuition. I'm sorry. I... 
I tried to stop him, but... It's all right. Thank you. For helping me. But it's not all doom and gloom. I actually came to tell you I wanted to help. Kendall introduced me to her dad. And she gave me the best news I'd heard all month. Her dad owned the largest restaurant franchise in the state. And she convinced him to hire me. I worked hard when I was finally back on my feet. I learned quickly and adapted to my new job. I stayed late and I was the first to get there every day. And that really impressed my manager. So I got promoted. A few months later, Kendall's dad called me to the headquarters and told me that my talents were better used as a regional manager. He told me he wanted me to train other employees. And just like that, my life changed. I was earning so much more that I was able to send my brothers to college. And I helped my parents pay off their mortgage. After that, I managed to buy my own franchise from Kendall's dad. He was so proud of how far I'd come that at one of our company's parties, he gave me an award. Through the years, Kendall and I saw each other frequently. We started dating the night I got that award. We moved in together when my franchise won Best Restaurant in Town. My restaurant was doing so well, it put other restaurants out of business. One day, my old manager came begging me for work. I laughed in his face. Oh, you still work there? You never got promoted? Aw, so sad. But all the positions in my restaurant have been filled. Unless you want to apply as a janitor. Anything, anything, please! My girlfriend kicked me out when she found a younger boyfriend. Now, I have no money. Kendall was against hiring him. But honestly, I did it for my own satisfaction. I had a lovely time ordering Doug around like he used to do with me. At the company Christmas party, Kendall's dad invited all the employees of his corporation. There must have been at least 3,000 people. I gathered you all here today not just to celebrate the holidays but to make two very big announcements. I am stepping down as the CEO, and that's because I finally found a worthy successor. Everyone gasped. All the top managers were on the edge of their seats. I would have liked to pass this on to my daughter, but <laughs> since she's following her mom's footsteps, I think it best go to Josh, since he's going to be my son-in-law soon enough. The room was shocked at the double reveal. That's right, your new CEO, Josh Ryman, is now officially engaged to my lovely daughter. Give them a round of applause. And as the room erupted with thunderous cheer, I pulled Kendall close and kissed her. I was so proud. Just goes to show, no matter the odds, working hard always pays off. My name is Alan. I have a wife and two young daughters. I'm just an ordinary man who has a boring office job. But what I'm about to tell you is something incredible. For this story, I need you to open your mind as much as you can. I won't judge you if you don't believe me. To tell you the truth, if my family hadn't gone through what I have, I wouldn't believe myself either. It all started when we moved into this house where my parents had lived all their lives. My mother had recently passed away and the house was uninhabited. We decided that what she would have wanted was for us to live there. 
to fill the house with new and beautiful memories with her granddaughters. What we didn't know was that we were not going to be alone. At first, we only heard strange noises in the house. The children were telling me that they saw people walking around at night, that the doors would open and close by themselves, or that the doorbell would ring by itself. I can't deny the noises, but the kids had never lived in a big house, so the rest was probably a product of their imagination. After a while, even I couldn't deny what was happening. Doors opened and closed on their own without the slightest drop of air running through the house. The faucets opened and some rooms were freezing in the middle of summer. All this would have been enough for me to leave except for one detail. I was sure that the presence that inhabited the house was my mother. At first, I was afraid, but eventually I began to hear someone humming a familiar song. It was the same one my mother used to sing to me when I was little. My family didn't seem very convinced of this, but I convinced them by making them see what was going on in the house had never hurt any of us in any way. Everything was fine for a while. We tried to get used to what was going on, but things started to get worse. Some dishes started flying dangerously against us. The kids felt constantly watched, and even I started to get a strange feeling that something bad was going to happen. Was my mom mad about something? Or was there something else in the house? We had only one way to find out. Ask her. The day we chose to do it was Halloween, since that was the night when all the spirits are most active and all the paranormal activity increases. We bought an Ouija board with my wife and no one looked at us worried. Apparently, everyone bought them for this date. When the night came, the girls went to a friend's house to spend the night and ask for candy. So the house was only for me, my wife, and my brother, who proposed to help us with the process. Playing with the Ouija board on Halloween. How fitting, right? Make one more joke and I'll go trick-or-treating with the girls. <laughs> Mothers-in-law are really scary, aren't they? <laughs> Without further words, we started to play. We started asking her simple questions like if there was someone on the other side or if she lives with us in the house. But when we asked her if she was my mother, the board went to no and the mood changed immediately. Alan, it said no. Is my mother with you? Well, can we talk to her? Alan, I don't like this. We should get going. What do you want from us? B. L. O. D. Before I could say anything, the board shook much harder and suddenly it launched itself at me. To hell with saying goodbye! Let's go! My brother screamed in terror as we all started to run. The house began to shake and all the paintings fell down. We reached the exit door and everyone ran to the car, but I stopped. Behind me, I heard my mother humming the lullaby. Alan, what the hell are you doing? Let's go! No, I have to check to see if I see my mom. Wait for me! I promise I'll be right back! Just let it be! That is not mom! Without hearing them yelling at me to come back, I went back into the house. Maybe it sounds crazy. Hell, it was probably crazy. But I wanted to hold on to the slim chance of seeing her again one last time. I went into the room where we played Ouija and the light in the next room, the kitchen, began to flicker. I stood in the dining room, looking at her, and there she was. 
My mom, upon seeing me, stopped humming the song. I was about to hug her, but I felt something strange that prevented me from going. But at the same time, my body was totally paralyzed, and I could only stand there looking at her. She never was, just something that played with me from the beginning. I got in the car crying, and as Cheryl was scolding me, I looked at the window of the house, and standing in it was my mother standing there, greeting me with a huge smile. Her eyes and mouth were cooked as she finished waving at me. Her face was shaking, like the monster I had seen in the kitchen. Several months passed since everything happened. After my brother put us up in his house, we were able to raise the money to move out on our own again. We did not suffer any paranormal event again, nor did we try to sell that house. We do not wish that nightmare on anyone else. From now on, no more ghosts. I will only spend time with my wife and daughters. It's what my mother would have wanted. You mean what? What you want? Hello, man. Oh my God, Tommy! Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the video. If so, please leave a like. And also, a small percentage of people that watch my videos are actually subscribed. If you want to support this channel and make this channel reach the 1 million mark, please consider subscribing. It's free and you can change your mind later. Enjoy. This incident happened one Halloween night. Since then, I have stopped celebrating Halloween in my house. My wife and I couldn't have children of our own, hence, we generally had a soft corner for kids. My wife, Samara, would buy lots and lots of candies before every Halloween to give to the neighborhood kids. So this one Halloween, we went to the supermarket to pick up groceries and candies. While returning home, we saw cop cars in front of our neighbor's house. Feeling curious, I stopped the car. Oh, I think something bad has happened here. So many cops here. Look, the paramedics are coming too. My wife pointed out the ambulance coming our way and I realized the gravity of the situation. A group of people were decorating the streets for Halloween, but now they were all gathered around the house watching the scene with us. Two cops came out of the house, and we heard a woman's shrill cry. Oh God, my son, my poor Liam. Oh God, I want him back. I want him back, please. We saw our neighbor, Mr. Dempsey, trying his best to hold his paranoid wife. Miss Dempsey was out of control. She was screaming and crying like hell. The paramedics went in. The paramedics went in and took out a smaller boy that was wrapped in black polythene. It wasn't hard to tell from the size of the boy that it belonged to a child. The cops took away the body and Mr. and Miss Dempsey went to the paramedics. My wife and I were still standing there with no clue whatsoever. When we saw two men coming our way, I asked one of them. Excuse me, what happened here? Oh, don't ask, man. Poor Dempsey's. They lost their child before Halloween. What? Why? What happened? Uh, their seven-year-old son was playing in the basement when he accidentally locked himself inside an old cupboard. 
Mr. and Mrs. Dempsey were upstairs in the kitchen when they called out to their son for dinner and he didn't show up. They felt weird and went down to check on him. They searched the entire basement but couldn't find him. That's horrifying. How did they find him then? Well, Mrs. Dempsey saw a piece of blue cloth peeking out from the cupboard door. She opened it and then found the poor, lifeless kid inside the cupboard. Samara got emotional, and I too felt extremely bad for the Dempseys. No pain in this world could surpass the pain of losing your child. We came home, and Samara didn't talk the entire afternoon. She just sat on our porch and watched the neighbors dressing up for Halloween. Once the sun went down, kids started to come out of their houses wearing all kinds of spooky costumes. They went door-to-door asking for candies. No matter how disheartened we were, we still got up, brought our candy bowls, and gave them to all the kids who came trick-or-treating. You know, Jonah, I just realized something today. Samara said while closing the door after distributing the last bit of candies to a group of kids. What's that, hun? It's good that we don't have kids. At least I don't have to be afraid of losing them. I just can't imagine what pain Mrs. Dempsey is going through right now. I could see her teary eyes. I hugged her and kissed her on the forehead. Come on, let's go to bed. You need to sleep. That poor kid. We went upstairs. I stood in front of the bedroom window for a while. The entire neighborhood had gone quiet by the time. All the kids were back home. Every house was glittering with lights and candles placed inside pumpkin heads, except the Dempsey's. Their house was in complete darkness. Heaving a sigh of sorrow, I went to bed too. I don't remember when I fell asleep, but suddenly, a noise woke me up. Rubbing my eyes, I got up on the bed and heard that noise again. Someone was knocking on the door. I looked at the clock. It was 2.30 in the morning. Samara was deeply asleep. I came downstairs and opened the door. To my surprise, a kid was standing on my porch. A boy wearing a blue t-shirt and white shorts. He kept his head down so I couldn't see his face. Hey kiddo, why are you out so late? Do your parents know you're here? No. The kid's voice sounded so weird to my ears. Also, the fact that he was dressed so casually startled me a bit. After all, it was Halloween, and this kid was not in a costume. I asked again. Are you all right? As the kid lifted his head, I almost got a heart attack. His face was pale like a blank sheet, and his eyes were completely black, darker than the darkness. Whoa, you look pretty spooky. This was a good idea for a Halloween costume, though. I'm hungry. Can I have some candies? He opened his palm, saying this. You're a little late, buddy, but uh, let me see what I can do. Wait here, okay? The kid tilted his head to the right and just stood that way like a statue. I thought to myself that this kid not only nailed his Halloween look, but also acted scarily. I went to check the fridge and found a half-eaten chocolate bar. I grabbed it and came back to the door to give it to the kid, but he was gone. Thinking the kid had gotten inside, I quickly turned around and said, Hey, I have some chocolate for you. Take it and go home. Your parents must be worried. But the kid was nowhere to be seen. I was contemplating what just happened when I heard chuckling and running footsteps in our basement. I opened the basement door and yelled, Come out of there, kiddo. It's too late to play here. Come on, let me take you home. I can't see. It's so dark in here. Just like last time. I turned on the basement light 
but shockingly, it didn't turn on. I remember very well that the light was working just fine in the afternoon. Thinking the kid might get scared down there, I grabbed a small flashlight and started walking down the basement stairs. Two white bedsheets were hanging on the wire at the end of the basement. As I flashed my light at the gap between those sheets, I saw the kid standing there and staring at me with a creepy big smile. Okay, time to go home now. Saying this, I walked to the bedsheets, and as I moved them to catch the kid, the hair at the back of my neck stood up. I found myself standing alone in the basement. It was as if the kid just vanished in thin air. There was no one. I repeat, no one behind those sheets. A chilling wind turned the atmosphere around me cold. That's when I heard the chuckle once again. Turning around, I now saw the kid standing right behind me. Blue bangs had appeared on his pale face, and the black thick liquid was dripping down from his eyes. He snatched the chocolate bar from my hand, and I felt his touch. His hands were colder than ice. What? Who are you? I am Liam Dempsey. Can you take me home now? I think I'm lost. Can you help me? <laughs> oh my god! That's it. I don't remember after that. I fainted, and Samara found me in the basement when she came looking for me in the morning. She was surprised and kept asking me why I was sleeping on the basement floor the entire night. But I couldn't tell her what I saw. I often heard about these black-eyed kids, but it was my first time with a real one. I don't know why poor Liam turned into a black-eyed kid, but I think the fact that he died in darkness somehow made him look that way. What do you think? Do you really know how much a traumatic situation can break a child? Sometimes it's hard to admit, but my own father is a disgusting monster. When I was young, although he was never particularly fond of me, he didn't treat me bad either. On the other hand, with my sister, that man was different. Ever since Jane was born, six years after me, our father was always very close to her, pampering and overprotecting her all the time. Our mother thought she was just daddy's spoiled daughter. But two years ago, we found out what he was really doing to her at the time. Something that shouldn't be done to a child. Soon, mom denounced him, and so he left our lives. But my sister had already been very affected. As a 10-year-old girl, Jane suffered from fits of rage and was very emotionally dependent on her family. More on me than our mother. She didn't like to play with other children or leave the house. In fact, when she saw another man, she would start screaming. For two years, Jane had been receiving therapy. She had even changed her psychologist several times. But her case was progressing slowly. Still, our mom didn't want my sister to be given any kind of medication. Adam! I'm here, in the kitchen. Uh, what's going on? Why didn't you wake me up? You're having breakfast without me? Oh, chill out. Even though I asked her to, her angry expression didn't change. You were sleeping so peacefully, I, I didn't want to... Anyway, I, I prepared your food, okay? Do you like leaving me alone? You know I don't. I, I just did it to let you rest. 
I think. Right. I needed to rest because today is Halloween. But you don't even like to go out. I'll wait all night for you to bring me my candy. <laughs> uh, it was common for me to do that on Halloween, and in fact, I like to bring her candy to make her happy. But that year, I had different plans. I'm sorry, little one, but tonight I won't be able to make it. But what about my candy? I'll buy you some tomorrow. It's not the same. What are you gonna do then, huh? The truth was that weeks ago, my best friend Billy had invited me and Emma, another friend, to a Halloween party. Are you going out with Emma? I'm going out with my friends. It'll just be this time, okay? In the evening that same day, I was ready. I had disguised myself as a skeleton. In fact, I was truly satisfied with my appearance. A short time later, I received a message from Emma. I'm outside your house, it said, since we had planned to go to Billy's Halloween party together. As I opened the front door of my house, <laughs> looks good on you. I was gonna say exactly the same. <laughs> Luckily, the abandoned house where Billy had planned to have the party wasn't too far away, but we had to cross a path through the woods. After a while, we arrived at an old building. It's pretty obvious it's here, isn't it? I mean, I can't remember the last time I heard so much noise. Oh, shut up! Let's have some fun. My friend took me by the hand, and together we ran towards the place. Arriving at the front door, she rang the bell. Soon, Billy opened it. Man, you came! Hey! Let's get to the point, Billy. Where are the drinks? Follow me. Oh, can you check that, Adam? I'll be right back. I didn't mind helping him, so I turned and walked to the door. Huh? But there's no one. Shit! As a reflex action, I had moved away, but I went back to the door as soon as the bell rang again. What the hell? A, a fucking mask? The stranger stood still for a few seconds, until suddenly they launched towards the doorbell camera. Stop it already! <laughs> What's up, Adam? I thought you were gonna open the door. It was a kid making a joke. If you say so. Come on, don't you want to dance with Emma? I put aside what had happened and walked over to my friend, who was already dancing in the crowd. Adam. I joined her, which really relaxed me, as moving my body to the music with was quite fun. Until I saw that person again. The broken doll was now inside the house, separated from the other people. What's wrong? I think there is a child at the party. A child? <laughs> At the blink of an eye, my friend's expression changed to one of fear. <sighs> Emma? When she fell to the ground, I could see that she had a knife stuck in her torso. <sighs> Emma! <sighs> Billy, come here! My friend came after a few seconds when the people around were realizing what was happening. Shh! What happened? I, I don't know. What the fuck are you waiting for? Call an ambulance! I took my cell phone out of one of my pants pockets, but I couldn't concentrate. I I can't do anything with such loud music. Well, then go upstairs, genius. It didn't take me long to walk among the people until I reached the stairs of the house and went up to the second floor. I typed the emergency number and was about to call. Adam. What? The broken doll was there, coming up the stairs in an oddly wobbly way. Did you like what I did to Emma? What the? My heart started beating fast when I saw the person had a knife in their hand, so I decided to run along a hall, enter a room, 
and locked the door. Adam, I need you. I could barely see in there. What the heck? What the heck? You are there, aren't you? Get out! I need you. Is is this a fucking joke? I'm calling the police. The police? What for? Forget that. I need you. Let's go for my candy together. My skin got goosebumps the moment I realized. Jane? I'm not afraid to go out anymore. I can take care of anyone who wants to hurt me. <laughs> you saw it yourself. My sister was too young to go to jail and broken enough to be sent to a mental hospital. So that's where she is now. After the attack, I did my best to apologize to Emma, but that didn't make it any better as it had been too traumatic for everyone involved. Sometimes it's hard to admit, but I don't miss Jane. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.